imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Lead Hership Global. We're so glad that all of you have tuned in to this week's program. So I got to tell you, we have an extra special guest, Mel Mason, the clutter expert. I can't wait to introduce you to Mel. Now, let me just ask you before we get started, are you thriving in every area of your life? What do you think of when you hear the word clutter? probably piles accumulating or the garage that you can't park your car in. Clutter though, isn't just physical. Although we may think of piles of stuff as clutter, the outside is actually only a mirror of the inside. So understand how clutter accumulates and the many forms it takes. It's not just physical. The truth of the matter is that it is your birthright to thrive and to experience happiness and abundance in every single area of your life. And clutter is simply anything that gets in the way of accessing your God-given right to abundance and to thrive in every area. So today, we're going to learn the secrets of decluttering your life and to keep it from coming back so that you can thrive in every single area of your life. Now, who's not excited about that? I got to tell you, Mel Mason is exactly the lady to take us through this conversation. She is an international best-selling author. She is the clutter expert, and she's also a sexual abuse survivor and grew up being depressed, suicidal, and surrounded by clutter. And what she realized after coming back from the brink of despair and getting through her own chaos is that the outside is simply a mirror of the inside. And if you only address what the outside is telling you without changing the inside, then the clutter keeps coming back and back and back. So that set her on a mission to empower people all around the world to get free from their clutter inside and out so that they can thrive and experience the kind of happiness and abundance that everyone deserves in every area of their life. She's the author of Freedom from Clutter, the guaranteed, foolproof, step-by-step process to remove the stuff that's weighing you down. I got to tell you, that has got to be one of the most ingenious titles of a book I've ever heard, but absolutely, Knowing Mel, one of the most powerful books that you can pick up, and I can't recommend that strongly enough. Mel, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, Linda, thank you so much for having me. And I think you're going to be my spokesperson from now on and just speak my message because you just said that so clearly. I'm like, I don't even need to speak now. You just said everything. This is perfect. So you're now my new spokesperson. (laughs) Mel, thank you. That would be an honor to represent someone as powerful as you are. So thank you so much. And thank you for joining us. What an honor. So to begin with, I am so curious. Tell us a little bit more about your journey. What's led you to have such passion around this subject of decluttering people's lives, both inside and out? 
I'd be happy to, but first I have to say what I always do, what you see in me, you've gotten you. So you're just as powerful, my love. So thank you. Can't spot it if you don't got it because the outside is a mirror of the inside. So that is just um, such a high compliment coming from you, Mel. Thank you so much. And I love that idea that we see in each other what we, in fact, inherently own. So that is just, that's a beautiful sentiment to begin the conversation today. And Mel, again, if you could tell us a little bit about what led you to have such incredible purpose in your life. I would be absolutely happy to. I mean, from a very young age, you know, my parents split when I was four years old. And from a very young age, God pretty much contacted me at about like five or six years old. And I remember standing outside, I was hanging with my best friend at the time and her and her dad were getting ready to go for a motorcycle ride. And I remember just standing there and all of a sudden this knowing just came over me that we're all brothers and sisters because we come from the same father. And from that moment forward, my life has felt like it has just been divinely guided. So I had this deep connection and then I wasn't brought up in church or anything like that. My parents weren't into church. My mother's friend from high school actually grabbed me and started taking me to the local Baptist church for youth group and got me involved. And with all the trauma I had gone through, I was a total sponge. Like I was a seeker and looking for answers. And so... You know, so I had this really deep connection with God really young. Um, and I think that's a really big piece about what really saved me because I, I had this understanding that no matter what I was going through, that God was going to use it to help others someday. Like I just had that knowing. And, and that was such a huge piece that kept me alive because I was a freaking mess, Linda. Like I, I, you couldn't walk in my room. The entire floor was covered with stuff and it wasn't just clutter. Like I was fine having trash all over the place. I was fine living in filth because I had so much shame and so many repressed emotions and resentments from experiencing trauma and loss. I said my parents separated when I was four. I had three different sexual traumas from three different people at the age of eight years old. And then I lost my older brother to suicide at 15 years old. Now, I didn't just lose him to suicide. I was actually living with him at the time, and I was the one who discovered his body. But what became really even more complicated, and I don't share this very often, but with you I'm going to, is my brother was one of my perpetrators. He was one of my abusers. And at that point, while I was living with him, he actually had a lot of guilt. He was in, he was in foster homes. He was abused. He had so much trauma. And he actually said to me, did what I do to you affect you? And like, I went silent because my brother has a temper. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you that what you did affected me. Like, no, I don't, I don't want to have to deal with that. But there was like this guilt and this really like gnawing bad feeling in my gut. And I went to go, my friend's mom was helping me with study skills because I couldn't focus in school. And I was at her house that night and they just sent something was up and they started asking all these questions like, where are you sleeping and this and that? And it got really uncomfortable. And they just said, you know what, we're going to, we're still going to drop you off. But you're going back to your brother's house, but here's a quarter. If you need us to pick you back up, just give us a call. We'll come pick you back up. They dropped me off at where I was living with my brother. He wasn't home. So I walked up to the center of town where he always hangs out. And I walked up to him and he's like, he could tell something was wrong. And I walked up to him and I answered and I said, yeah, what you did do did affect me. And he just told me that he would have my stuff packed for me the next day. My friend came to pick me up. And when I went to go pick up my stuff is when I found him. 
So I had told him that what he did affected me. And then I went and picked up my stuff. And when I opened the door, that's when I found him. He was hanging in his living room. Oh my gosh, Mel, that is, that's an unbelievable story. And I, I don't know what to say other than I'm so sorry. That was part of your life experience. I couldn't be here today if that didn't happen to me. I'm grateful for everything that happened to me because I wouldn't be here now to tell you the story and I wouldn't be able to help anyone else. I mean, ultimately knowing in, in the background that my experience would help others someday is what gave me the power to actually stay alive. But from all of that trauma, I also inherited all my brother's belongings from his suicide note. So I had to deal with all of his stuff as being a cluttered, messy kid at 15 years old. But I basically just started really deteriorating. Nobody expected me to make it to my 18th birthday alive. And I got kicked out of my high school basically a month after he committed suicide. And I was considered a danger to myself and others. And they said, you can't come back until you get intensive therapy. Yeah. I was like about 110 pounds, tiny little white girl, but I'm a danger to myself and others. I guess I jumped off some balcony at school. I don't remember, but my stepmom does. I'm like, I don't remember that. But anyway, so what that looked like going to get intensive therapy for a 15 year old was going to live in a residential treatment center for adolescents for the next year and a half of my life. So I lived on property. We walked up a little path to the schoolhouse. We went to school on property and we didn't leave very often unless you finally got up to a level where you got some privileges. That didn't happen very often for me. But while I was living there, the most miraculous thing happened to me because I was an, I was a seeker and I had been brought up Christian. And after my brother committed suicide, someone in the church basically told me that he was burning in hell because he committed suicide. So that set me like, okay, I'm done with Christianity, but I'm on this mission. And God just started bringing all these pieces to me. So the first thing that I got introduced to was yoga and mindfulness. And being introduced to yoga and mindfulness absolutely changed my life because what happened for me was instead of running from all of that inner clutter, the repressed emotions from the trauma, the resentments, the fears, the limiting beliefs, the judgments, instead of avoiding all of that and running from it, I began to learn how to be present for it in my body. And what miraculously started to happen as a result of being willing to do that is that cluttered, messy kid who was fine living in filth. And there was nothing on my radar that I was needed to do anything about it. I was not like my clients coming to me asking for help. I'm like, I don't see anything wrong with this unless my mom's yelling at me. Right. But what started to happen was I started to spontaneously need to have order in my environment. And I started to create order and everything had to be in its place. Everything had to have a place. And I became someone who actually loved creating, loves creating order out of chaos. I wound up with jobs that I had to organize things. And the boss was like, I, I don't need to ask you any questions. You're so organized, right? So I changed from the inside out from this person who was fine living in filth to someone who needed to have order and clean, clear space. Now, one little caveat, I didn't let go of all of my attachments at once. That doesn't happen all at once. You don't let go of all your stuff at once. It, it accumulates over time. It takes time looking at it. But that need to have order began. And the reason why that happens is because the power that created order out of the Big Bang, whatever you want to call it, God, source, creator, Buddha, Jesus, I don't care what you call it, but that very power that created order out of the Big Bang exists inside of you. And the only reason why we get chaotic and don't have order in our lives is because that power gets interfered with. 
from the repressed emotions, the resentments, the fears, the limiting beliefs. And so as a result of being willing to clear that, the outside started to match the inside. I was getting in order inside, and then the outside started to get into order. And I always knew that my experience was going to help others, but I had no idea what it was going to look like. So my journey was one of following the breadcrumbs of spirit is what I like to call it. So I was introduced to yoga. I thought I was going to be a yoga teacher. So I took yoga teacher training and then I did some energy healing training. And then I thought I was going to be a martial arts teacher and back to energy healing and all these things till I created an opportunity where I manifested a $50,000 check that allowed me to take six months off uh, back in 2013. And during that space I created, I was watching the show Hoarders for the very first time. And if you've ever show, seen that show, for someone with an energy healing background and you being a clinical psychologist in your PhD, you know that having them remove everything that quickly is only re-traumatizing them and actually basically removing their whole defense system and leaving them completely exposed. And so I saw that show and I was like horrified. And I'm like, well, I love creating order out of chaos and I have this background in energy can healing and I can hold really big safe space for people. So let me create a company that helps people get to the root of the clutter so that it doesn't get this way in the first place, but it also helps them keeping it from coming back. And so in 2014, I launched Decluttering Spaces and I've been in business for eight years. Wow. That is such an incredible story of transformation and triumph. Uh, it's really triumphant to see how you've been able to transform your life from a situation that can be described as only incredibly traumatic into one that is absolutely inspirational now. And I know that you talked quite a bit about changing your habits, changing your attitude, so you can stop living life on repeat. So what are some of the tips and tricks that you might be able to share with our listeners so that they can begin thinking about the habits, the attitudes that they want to let go of, that they want to change, that they want to transform and stop living life on repeat? Yeah, well, first and foremost, you can't change anything if you're not aware of it. And to be aware of something requires your presence. And all clutter accumulates because we're unwilling to give our presence to it and make a decision, right? And because the outside is a mirror of the inside, that unwillingness to look at the stuff and decide about what's going on outside of you simply reflects your unwillingness to be present with yourself. So I tell people the only requirement to get free from clutter in every area of your life is your presence. Your presence is required. And you do that through a practice I teach my clients called allowing the now. It's the one piece I've been teaching for years. I tell my clients, I don't care if you touch your physical stuff. If you do this practice consistently, it will happen naturally in your own time, on your own path, on your own journey. And so the most important thing is to be willing to stop and be present for your own experience and just witness we have five things to pay attention to. We have the sensations in our bodies. We have our emotions. We have our thoughts. We have the sounds we hear and the smells we smell while we're being present. So your only job is to literally be a witness and acknowledge everything that you see. So if an emotion comes up, it's like not I'm sad. It's like, oh, there's some sadness. And by being willing to say, hi, I see you, instead of being like, nope, don't want to see you. I've been avoiding you all my life. Just the power of saying, I see you releases it. It's no longer stuck. And when you do that, you make space inside. 
And once you make space inside, the outside has to match. And so simply being willing to be present and be that witness for your experiencing, just literally labeling what comes up. Oh, mind is racing. Oh, tingling sensation. Oh, I feel my guts kind of tight. You know, whatever you're aware of. Oh, there's a plane going overhead. Whatever shows up in the moment, your only job is to call it out and acknowledge it because that's what you weren't willing to do for so long. It's like, no, 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 I don't want to see you. So now you're doing the exact opposite. Hi, I see you. And that's it. You don't need a story. You don't need to get stuck in it. You don't need to label it and own it. I feel this or my body aches. It's like, oh, there's a tingling sensation. Oh, the mind is racing. Oh, there's some anger, whatever shows up, just be willing to acknowledge it and just start with five minutes a day. And if you're like, I can't sit still for five minutes, start with 30 seconds. It's not about how much time. The secret sauce is the willingness to turn towards yourself and witness whatever shows up without attempting to change anything or fix anything because nothing's broken, nothing needs to be fixed. You just need to learn to allow the moment to be exactly as it is. And this practice is so powerful. I was able to use this practice after my crash to process through all of the trauma within a matter of days and drive back up to the scene of the crash without any PTSD symptoms. That's how powerful this process is. That is remarkable. It kind of reminds me of being a curious observer of yourself, almost stepping away from owning, as you said, your feelings, your thoughts, but rather stepping back and saying, huh, isn't that funny? This is what comes up for me right now. And I wonder why I'm feeling that or gosh, you know, I just had this thought and it doesn't serve me very well. That's kind of curious, isn't it? I had that thought. So it's observing what's coming up in terms of feelings, physical feelings or emotional feelings, as well as thoughts. And even if they're fleeting, just how those thoughts make you feel. And I love that idea of taking time to just be a curious observer of what's happening in your body, in your mind at that moment. You know, for a lot of people, they find that when they are surrounded by clutter or perhaps they've been through a traumatic experience or they find that it's just, it's overwhelming to get through the day and they tend to freeze up and give up because there's too much. That's one thing I hear quite a bit, especially for women that are taking care of kids and taking care of parents and trying to work and you know, perhaps they're in um, relationships with others that don't that don't serve them well. They tell me all the time, I'm just so overwhelmed. Yeah. So how do you begin unpacking that sense of overwhelm so you don't freeze up and give up? Yeah, I mean, it really starts with allowing the now because the overwhelm comes from the most people don't take any time for themselves. So if you think about yourself as a bank account, every time you're giving to your kids, your spouse, your friends, your neighbors, you're making these withdrawals. But if you're not making any deposits, you go into the red and get depleted. So you have symptoms like anxiety and overwhelm and depression and frustration. And so it has to start with you. You have to be willing to make the space for you because here's the thing. What do we want from everybody in our lives when we have intimate relationships or friendships? We want people's time and attention, right? Well, if the outside is a mirror of the inside, what is that really saying? You want your own time and attention. And until you can give it to yourself, you're going to be depleted. 
You have to come from a full cup. You have to be able to fill your cup up first so that you are giving from the overflow. You're not depleting yourself. People ask how, how I have so much energy. They're like, how do you have all the energy that you have? I'm like, I'm higher powered and I remove the interference. Like God is limitless. When you remove the interference, you're freaking limitless. Like there's no limits. Like energy is inexhaustible when it comes from the divine. When we're trying to run on our own fumes, that's exhaustible. But when you're tapped in and tuned in and turned on to the power that's inside of you, there's no freaking stopping you. But you have to fill your cup up first. And that's you being willing to be present for your own experience. It's the greatest act of self-love you can give for your, to yourself is the gift of your own presence. Because when you give it to yourself, when you give yourself what you want, then you're not asking other people and wanting it from others. It's just coming from others because you're giving it to yourself already. You're not needing it because you already have it. And so you naturally attract it. Wow, that is so insightful. I love the idea that you know, the people in your life want your time and attention and you have got to give that to yourself as well. That is so insightful and so powerful. You know, one of the things you talked about is how you were able to change the level of abundance in your life. Um, and you were able to change your, not only your level of clutter around you and inside you, but you were able to change your story around money, around abundance, around this idea of being able to thrive and to open yourself up to let that abundance kind of flow with you and through you. So yeah. talk a little bit about that. How can you um, advise our listeners to be more open to the abundance that's around them and to change their relationship to, to money and to change that story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I keep coming back to allowing the now because that's what happened. So, you know, I used allowing the now when I was a kid and I got through my clutter and then there was a period of time where I stopped using it and I got into a toxic relationship. I, I, my light was too bright for the person that I was with. And I had severe separation anxiety from all the loss that I had in the abandonment from my mom and my brother and my dad. And so I became willing to shut my light down in order to not lose someone. And for six years, I shut my light down. I stopped practicing, allowing the now I stopped reading anything spiritual. I stopped doing any of that. And in 2013, I got to a place where I wanted to commit suicide. I was literally, I literally said to myself, okay, I'm either going to end my life right now and be done in this body and come back and start all over again, or I'm going to do whatever it takes to experience my birthright, which is to thrive and be happy in every area of my life. Cause I had the knowing I just hadn't actualized it yet. And I made the decision to stick around and I started putting the allowing the now piece back into practice. And once I started to do that, because when you begin to make the space inside, it's not just the physical clutter that gets addressed because it affects every area of your life. Physical clutter is one manifestation, but excess weight, toxic relationships, mounting debt, addiction, the need to Botox, binging and purging, black mindset, all of those things are just manifestations of the same internal condition. So when you begin to do the inner work, every area of your life gets better. And within, it was about six months it took of consistently practicing, but I knew that I was supposed to be out on my own, having my own business at some point. And so after about six months of practice, the first opportunity showed up for me to leave the company I had been at for eight years, completely solid, secure. He wanted me to take over the company when he died. He was going to leave it to me in his will. Like I had profit sharing, like it was good. I made good money and I was going to step out and go become an independent contractor for these two women that needed an assistant. 
And I took the risk. I went out and two weeks later, they're like, you know what? We, I got to go back to Virginia and I got to deal with some stuff. This, So this isn't right right now. So we're just going to pay you for the balance of your contract. So I had a year contract with them. And the balance of that contract was $50,000. So they made me a, mailed me a $50,000 check and then they let me keep the MacBook Pro that they bought me to work for them. And when I received that $50,000 check is when I took the six months off to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up and I'm never growing up. So that's never going to happen, but I did figure out what I wanted to be. So, and that's when I got the idea for decluttering spaces, but the allowing the now practice, like I'm just super passionate about it because it affects every area of your life. I have clients that are like, well, I'm not spontaneously clearing the clutter, but I feel happier and I've released weight. You know, so it, it happens for people differently. Some people, the clutter happens first. Some people, it's like these insights and awarenesses. I have a client, she's like, I can't believe how much I avoid. Just the awareness of having the avoidance behavior. Once you're aware of it, then you can start changing it. Now she's like, actually, she's overweight, but she's in love with her body. She can look in the mirror and she's so happy. And she has so much hope that she's finally going to get through all of the clutter. It doesn't feel so daunting, but she's in love with her body exactly as it is, which is just so beautiful. And so I tell my clients, don't don't focus on other people. Don't compare your process to others because your journey is going to be different. How it unfolds for you will be different. For me, the need to have order happened first, then the financial abundance. Then I was almost 170 pounds. I released the weight. I'm like 115 now. I was in a toxic relationship, got out of the toxic relationship. I was a crystal meth addict. I was on the streets and homeless in San Diego back in 2004. And I, almost, I was looking at six years in prison over my head. Wow. So every area of your life gets better with this one practice. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. I'm, I'm almost like, I don't have that much to teach people. I just want you to do this one thing. And if you can just do this one thing consistently, you'll get the results, but they won't do it consistently. That's why they have to coach with me so I can make sure they do it and then help them walk through all the clutter that comes up. You know, one of the things you talked about is how when you connect to the divine, you're not relying on your own energy, but you're relying on the energy of the divine, which is limitless. And so, you know, it's this idea of co-creation. It's this idea of being able to create in your life what your purpose is because that's already been destined for you. And you're simply tapping into the purpose that's been created for you. And you're tapping into the, as you said, limitless energy of the divine um, to help create. And as you said, manifest Uh, what it is that you were designed to do uniquely, how you were uniquely designed and created to make impact in the world. And so I love that idea that this this opportunity to co-create with the creator of the universe is open to everyone, everyone. And how magnificent and how remarkable is it to think that you too can be limitless absolutely limitless. It's And it's not this God outside of you. Like people have this idea that there's there's this God out there that's supposed to be worship. That's not what God wants. God exists in you like the seed and a fruit. The seed and a fruit has everything it needs to regenerate and create more. Everything you need is within you. It just gets interfered with. So when people ask me, how do you have all your energy? My answer is I'm higher powered. Like I'm higher powered. That's it. I'm higher powered. I don't need caffeine. I don't drink caffeine. I don't need caffeine to wake up. Hillary, you don't drink coffee? No. I mean, I'll drink green tea because it helps you, 
you know, with I'm all about, I want to be the, I want to live to be the oldest person alive. And then I want to raise my vibration high enough to not have a physical death and actually be able to ascend. So I'm all like, (laughs) I don't need coffee. How do you claim ownership of this very important piece of the puzzle that, that you are in this ecosystem of, uh, you know, God's created beings. How do you claim ownership of the puzzle piece that you are and live the life that you were meant to live? By being willing to be present for your own self so you can get to know you. We spend so much time disconnected. Like it blew me away one time. I was doing just a guided visualization with a client and just walking her through her chakras. And she was extremely overweight extreme hoarding tendon behaviors with the filth, like the sink was covered, trash all over the place, couldn't walk through the house. And I was doing this guided visualization with her and we got to her throat chakra. And I, something led me to say, isn't it interesting that your head is connected to the rest of your body? And when we came out of the guided visualization, she said that was the first time that she ever felt her body below her neck. A woman in her forties or fifties had never felt her body had never been connected to her body. We just, the more and more we, we avoid and turn away, we cut ourselves off from ourselves. We literally shut the door and we can't even feel what's going on in our bodies. People have no idea what they're going. Like I was sitting, one person was in my, I'm teaching a five-day challenge, the Freedom From Clutter Challenge. And just someone sitting and doing the Allowing the Now practice for the first day was not in touch with her body, but doing that practice, she's like, oh, my, I noticed my back hurts but she wasn't aware of anything going on in her body before she stopped to tune in. We just are not willing to slow down and be present with ourselves. We're go, go, go. We avoid, we got busy. We got to do this. I can't do this. I got to do that. Never mind. slow down and just be present with yourself and just meet yourself. It's like, if you want to get, you got a friend you want to get to know, you go spend time with them, right? You got to do the same for yourself. You have to get to know yourself and the power of getting to know yourself. This is a great example is there's a Mount San Jacinto here and you take the tram up and it's a 10,000 foot mountain and there's, you have to deal with potential elevation sickness. And I was hiking by myself and because I do the allowing the now practice and I'm super in tune to my body as I'm hiking, I notice the pressure start in my head and I'm like, oh, this is the altitude. So by being aware of what I'm feeling in my body, because I'm in tune to myself, I was able to stop and wait till I acclimated. And then I continued, but someone who's not in touch with their body wouldn't even notice those signs until they got altitude sickness because they're not in tune and in touch with their bodies. By doing this practice, you get to know you and you get to tune into your body and you become so aware of what's happening in your body. And you get really curious and you want to know what's going on in your body. Like when I have a headache, I don't go take ibuprofen. I just become aware and I witness what's going on because I want to know what's happening in my body. I don't want to numb it out. I need to be aware of what's happening so I know what's going on in my body. Yeah. It's the power of just being present for yourself. And being uh, curious, right? Asking those questions about yourself with no outcome attached to it. No shame, no guilt, no no sense of, you know, that you should be otherwise, that what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, what you're observing is absolutely okay. Right. And Um, this is it. This is the only moment we have. So whatever you're experiencing, this is it. Just like when I was rolling in my truck, it's like, oh, this is it. 
if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Who knows? But I just had to accept the moment. I couldn't fight. I mean, I could have fought it and could have got all tense and rigid and then wound up with severe whiplash and all kinds of other things. But it was like, okay, this is it. I guess this is the day I'm going to die. Okay. And I was so peaceful and calm and you just accept it and then it's over. But it's just that, that acceptance, that allowing that, that just peace of being able to allow things as they happen. Because we can only be in two states, Linda. We're either contracted, avoiding what's uncomfortable or desperately hanging on to what we don't wanna let go of, or we can allow. Or the same as we're either in fear, contracted, or faith. We can only ever be in one of two states. You can't be in both at the same time, and you can choose to be in whichever one you want. So if you're in a state of contraction and fear, you can immediately choose the other. But just know there's only one of two states you can ever be in. That's how simplified it is. So if you feel contracted, you're in fear. And when you're contracted, your hands are closed and you're saying no to the universe. But when you're open and allowing, your hands are open. You're like, yes, I, I receive. So you can either say no and be fighting or you can just say yes and allow. So smart. Well, Mel, we are at the end of our time together, which I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I regret so much because I feel like we could talk about this, at least I certainly could, for the rest of the day. And yep. you are just so inspiring. I just feel so much more powerful being connected to you. And I love what you have to offer in terms of perspective and coaching and teaching, your expertise, your experience your lived experience is so powerful. So to wrap up, I'm going to ask one last question that we ask all of our guests. In Leadership Global, we tend to spend time with women who are incredibly inspiring, who are trailblazers and pioneers and who are innovators just like you. And through all of those interactions, it seems that the one common theme is that women have been um, influenced by others in their life, that they have been taught and coached and they have been um, celebrated by other men and women who have led them to some real insights. So as you reflect on the men and women in your life that have really um, impacted you, what is some of the best leadership advice that you have ever received that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? I think the most important thing is because we don't do this alone. There are no, you know, we, we're, we don't do it alone. There's no self-made millionaires. We, we as humans can't even see ourselves. That's why the outside is a mirror of the inside. We need others to reflect to us. So when you are asking the advice or you're, you're talking to someone and getting insight, my, my suggestion to you is take the coaching. Do what they say because if they have the results you want, you're not going to get it if you don't do what they say. So if you're going to ask, then take the coaching or don't ask. I love that. That is brilliant. That you have to be humble enough to actually hear what's being said, especially if it's given with your own best interest at heart, meaning they have your well-being at the top of their priority list then why wouldn't you listen and absolutely integrate their, their wisdom, their advice, their expertise, their guidance into your life so you can take that next step? Yeah, it's I the only reason that. why I have a book. Like that book, my Freedom from Clutter book, I was working with Forbes Riley. I was going into other people's platforms to get booked on podcasts. And the first thing she said to me is, you need a book. And at that point in my life, I was, I was in 
creation of a 21-day pre-recorded summit and traveling back east by train for 17 days to go visit my family. And I'm like, this is not on my list to do right now. So my jaw literally dropped and I had a few expletives come out like, what the, no freaking way right now, really? But I'm paying her. So I took the coaching and I started writing the outline and my chapters and I got a book written in seven weeks because I took wow. the coaching. Exactly. I'm not going to pay for it and not take it. That's so smart, Mel. I love that. Well, everyone, this was Mel Mason, the clutter expert. And Mel, again, so honored, so thankful that you decided to spend this time with us, sharing with us your lived experience and your incredible expertise. So Mel, thank you so much. No, thank you. And I'm just so blessed that you found me and that we're connected. We are definitely soul sisters. And I just look forward to the future with you, my friend. Me too, Mel. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining Leadership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Leadership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.